0: A big thanks to everyone who's made the Do One Better podcast a huge success in 2019. Really could not have done it without you. Everybody who's been on the show, everybody who's provided feedback, everybody who's subscribed and shared and amplified on social media. It's all thanks to you that we hit the number one spot on Apple several times for Nonprofit UK Podcast, and you've spread the word, and you've really helped us establish a great platform in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. So thank you very much. 2019 has been a wonderful year, and we're looking forward to amazing things in 2020. I am Alberto Ligi, your host from London, and today I'm actually in the Dutch countryside enjoying the festive season, doing a bit of introspection in 2019, and looking forward to 2020 and the decade to come. Today I've compiled a handful of um, key takeaways from our previous guests that I personally found very useful, and I think you will as well. If you have pen and paper take some notes. I think it'll be useful reference for you as you seek to improve the world around us. Enjoy. I'd really love to introduce our guest, Michael Fagelson. He is the uh, executive director of the Bernard Van Leer Foundation and someone I've known for a few years. What's that key takeaway that you'd love them to to keep in mind after they conclude this podcast?
1: I
2: think set goals that are far too big for you to reasonably achieve by yourself. Set goals that are far too big for you to achieve by yourself. One, because that's what's needed in the world, and two, it forces you into a collaborative mode, which is really important in philanthropy because it's not a given. If you have your own resources, you can just operate by yourself. It's not the most productive thing to do, but I think setting these really ambitious goals helps push one into dreaming, but also into working with others more effectively. (laughs)
0: Today it is my absolute pleasure to welcome our guest Kat Roschetta, who is the executive director of the Center for High Impact Philanthropy at the University of Pennsylvania School of Social Policy and Practice. And what's the key takeaway that uh, you'd love for our listeners to keep in mind after this podcast?
1: I think the key takeaway that I'd love—I'd love folks to go away with—is—is um, is that you know now more than ever, any individual can practice high impact philanthropy. Because high impact philanthropy is not about the amount of money you have to give, it's about how you give it. And because of resources like ours, um, and podcasts like yours, there is more and more really high quality content Mm -hmm. and education programs that can help you be a, a high-impact giver. And, and it's sort of like any practice. Um, the earlier you start, the better you get. So I guess my final point is just start. Use these resources that are there and, um, and get excited about the impact that you can have over a lifetime of practicing high-impact philanthropy.
0: That's great. Today, it is my absolute pleasure To welcome on board Phyllis Constanza, who is the chief executive officer of UBS Optimist Foundation and also is the head of philanthropy at UBS, the bank wealth management firm. What's the key takeaway that you'd like them to embrace? If they remember nothing at all except for one salient point, what is that? What do you think that they should be focused on?
2: I think the most important point is to to challenge everything, Mm -hmm. is to... Really, you know, I've I've been reading a lot of books right now that are focused on um, people who've cheated society in some way, Bad Blood, about Theranos, Red Notice, which is about an investment fund in Russia, and Billion Dollar Whale, which is about the MDB scandal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, you know, people go in thinking that they're doing something honorably um, and that they're supporting something that's honorable and challenge it, you know. D- Challenge everything, that, that would be my message, especially in philanthropy, and really push. If something doesn't look right, it doesn't seem right, you think you can do more, challenge it. That would be my one takeaway.
0: I love it, I love it. I'm gonna introduce uh, my friend and former colleague and today's guest, John May, who is the CEO and Secretary General of the Duke of Edinburgh's International Award Foundation. What is that key takeaway that you think, if nothing else, Just remember this one bit.
3: Oh, it's do the right thing. And that sounds terribly uh, simple and um, and perhaps a little bit childish. But in everything that I do and in every decision that I am asked to make, I ask myself the question, what is the right thing to do? And the the word right is about business risk, but it's also about values. Mm -hmm. And for me, the two are inseparable. I I think think if one looks at the decisions that are made by some business leaders that perhaps only look at the bottom line, they eventually bite them because they've done the wrong thing. Equally, those who only live by their values without thinking about how their values can be turned into practical application, which I would describe as taking business risks, Mm -hmm. will live in a world where nothing necessarily happens. I'm often asked by young people for for a bit of advice. I say, well, believe in yourself, believe in your ideas, believe in the ideas of others and the power of teams, but most of all, get off your backside and do something. And um, yeah, so do the right thing. Is, is what I would the say. The key takeaway from yeah. Mr. May.
0: Today, I have the great privilege and pleasure of introducing our guest, Vikas Pota, who I've known for a few years. He is the chair of the Varki Foundation. Uh, the Varki Foundation, you may know, is also the driver behind the uh, $1 million uh, Global Annual Teacher's Prize, which is really interesting. And also, he's the CEO of Tomorrow Digital, which is an EdTech or education technology investment vehicle If our listeners forgot everything that you've just said over the last half hour, 40 minutes, but took away just one salient point, one key takeaway, what should that be?
3: So in education, I think nothing starts or ends without teachers. And so what I'd like to encourage anyone who is either, you know, getting involved in enterprise, is thinking about a social enterprise, is thinking about um, a foundation, is thinking about, you know, a charity, um, you know, make sure you consult teachers on what actually works and and involve them in the design of what you're trying to do. I think those conversations for me have been the most fruitful uh, and the most eye-opening. And so that's what I'd like to encourage all your listeners to think about when it comes to education.
0: I have um, Grant Gordon today as our distinguished guest. And Grant is a philanthropist. So today we're going to talk a little bit about his foundation, uh, why he does what he does, uh, the things that he's passionate about. Let me ask you, if our listeners forgot everything we just spoke about for the last uh, 30 minutes, except for one thing, what is that key takeaway you want them to walk away with?
3: I think that
4: as a philanthropist, Never regard yourself as being on your own. There are networks, there are groups out there, there are people who are very happy and want to share their experiences. So I'd say, you know, go out, talk to people, talk to others, talk to other funders, have those conversations. And uh, I think that can be really inspiring and uh, can, you know, lead one on to hopefully greater things.
0: Today, it is an absolute pleasure to welcome on board to the podcast, Chris Trott. Who is someone I've known for quite a few years. He is going to be taking on an ambassadorship in South Sudan. So he's the British ambassador-designate to South Sudan. What would be the key takeaway for our listeners? If they forgot everything that we've just been talking about for the last half hour or so, but one key thing that you think they should really take away from today's podcast, what would that be?
3: I think for me, the important thing to remember is that The international community has a hugely significant, but supportive role in trying to help address crises around the world. So we need to find ways to offer that support, but in a way that empowers our partners, our local partners, the local governments, others, to address the issues that they are trying to address, but in a way that they want to address them, if that makes sense.
0: Today, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Jesse Rasmussen to the podcast. She is the president of the Buffett Early Childhood Fund.
3: When,
5: when Warren gave his three children funds to start their foundations, he, gave them, he wrote a letter and gave them advice. Um, and one piece of advice was um, uh, take risk, mm-hmm. invest in things that nobody else will invest in. Um, and because it's when you take risks that you learn and what works and what doesn't work. And, um, we've had both. (laughs) So I, um, I, I love having that direction provided for us. He also was the one that said, invest for the long haul, which should, Come as no surprise if anybody has watched how he does his work. Sure. Um, um, But it's good guidance for us to realize that it's okay if we can't prove that everything we've done is working. Um, It does put a responsibility on us to keep asking that question and to make adjustments when it's appropriate. And that may mean stop doing things that feel good but really aren't accomplishing what we wanted to have happen.
0: What's that key salient point that you think would be great for people to remember after they finish today's show?
5: I didn't talk about this, but this is one thing I would say. Do your homework. Don't assume you have the answers. It's not enough to recognize the importance of the early years. You need to recognize who's done what already Who are the voices who've been doing this? What has been their experience? So do your homework and know what's going on right now. What I've seen in the last few years is sometimes people well-intended dive in, and they appear to think that nothing's been done before they arrived. And um, there is a lot that's been done. Um, We lean a lot on people like Joan Lombardi to help guide us um, because she's been doing this work for so long. So do your homework. The other thing, and I have mentioned this several times, really seriously take the time to think about doing things in partnerships with other funders, because that's where I think we're going to have the greatest impact.
0: And today it's my absolute pleasure to welcome on board Janet Fretcher, who is the president of the JB and MK Pritzker Family Foundation. Uh, Pritzker is a name that's uh, very well known to many people, particularly if if you're in the U.S., Uh, the Pritzker Family own the Hyatt hotels and also J.B. Pritzker is the current governor of Illinois, the state of Illinois in the U.S. What's the key takeaway you'd love for our listeners to keep in mind after the podcast? If there's one thing that they could, um, that you think they should keep in mind after they listen to this show, what would that be?
2: I think what it, for me, it always has been is to think big, you know, to not, no one is interested in marginal change, frankly. It's just, no one is, you know, Investors aren't, um, you know, donors aren't, you know, government's not. I mean, no, marginal change with the types of problems we're dealing with will get us nowhere because they'll always be tomorrow and next year and the year after. And there will always be excuses about why we can't do it that big and why it can't happen that fast. And you just can't accept that. You know, you've got to just say, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but how? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Okay, no, I don't want to know why it can't be done. I have like no interest in knowing why it can't be done. I can list for you why it can't be done. I want to know how it can be done. You know, so I think with any investment to really think, all right, I'm only interested in dramatic change. And the, the questions and the conversation I want to have is about how. How can we do it? If that's what we're going to do, and we're going to be relentless on making that happen. How do we do it?
0: And today it's my absolute pleasure to welcome... Ayla Goxel, who is the CEO of Ozagin Social Investments. What's the key takeaway for listeners, if you forgot everything that we just spoke about, but maybe took away (laughs) one salient point? What what would that be? Any words of wisdom?
4: Um, I don't know about words of wisdom. Something that I try and remind myself every day is perseverance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perseverance in in what you believe. Um, Because change rarely happens overnight. uh, And even if it does, it's often a culmination of Sort of incremental steps and actions that build up and create that change so uh, you know I have a couple of examples but I think we've run out of time so let me just leave it at that but the perseverance yes perseverance if you believe in it you know just keep going keep going and even if you, that you're not making a difference maybe when somebody else is doing something similar somewhere else the your energies coming together is actually going to create that change so don't give up change change does happen Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than than those that are impatient among us. Sometimes it hits us and like, wow, God, did I actually have something to do with that? And you feel good.
0: (laughs) And today it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Sonia Giza, who is the founding executive director of Innovation Edge. It's a wonderful organization based in Cape Town, South Africa. What's the key takeaway for our listeners? If they walked away after the show and remembered one thing, what would that be? What's the what's the key takeaway? Word of wisdom that you might have for them?
4: I think that people tend to compartmentalize their lives. Um, and so for example, you might be a very successful business person and then in your spare time you might do some work for a charity and you do something completely different from what your skill set is in business. And I think what we are trying to unlock here is really trying to find a way of marrying um, marrying those different things. So where we see that people can really add value is where they have this aha moment between what their core competencies are, their core skill set, and the desperate need that there is out there. And then people can really make uh, exponential contributions. And so I think it really is to be, to kind of, I guess, to understand what assumptions you're making about about where you can make a difference um, and to make sure that you sort of, yeah, that you're open to finding those connections between what you're good at and what's needed.
0: And today it's a real pleasure to welcome on board Leanne Rubenstein, who is the CEO of Compassionate Atlanta. I always ask guests for one key takeaway uh, that if listeners forgot everything we'd said for the last half hour, but they kept one thing in mind after. Episode, what would that be?
5: Well, I I think I'd have to go to the golden rule. Well, they actually have a platinum rule. Golden rule is treat others as you wish to be treated, platinum rule is treat others as they wish to be treated. Ah. And so keep that in mind as you go through your day and know that you can make an incredible difference. One person really can shift the world for another. And so, how you know, uh, passion not fire. But really treat others as they wish to be treated is how I would, that would be the takeaway.
0: Today it's my absolute pleasure to welcome on board Olivia Leyland, who is the founder and CEO of Co-Impact. It's a global collaborative for systems change, backed by some serious funders, making out some serious grants. And today we're going to talk about the work they do and about Olivia, who I should point out actually launched the Giving Pledge as well, which I think is Quite sensational. So, if our listeners forgot everything we've been talking about for the last half hour, but they took away one key salient point, one key takeaway, what would that be? What is it that you'd like our listeners to keep in mind after the episode?
6: I think I'd say that the time is now, that there's amazing work that's happening already today, and we need more philanthropy to be focused on these efforts that really are about driving impact at scale. So let's come together to do that. Please talk to us about how we can partner. Talk to others about how you can partner with them. We'd love to hear from others as well about what's going on and so that we can, we can learn from that too. Really, I think um, we're not alone in feeling this. I know, I imagine many of the people who will be listening will be feeling the same thing, if not all. But yeah, really tremendous optimism and the time
0: is now. Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Stephanie Gillis who's the CEO of Giving Compass. What's the key takeaway you have for them that you'd you'd really love them to remember after the episode?
5: I'll try to say just one, but I think you know fundamentally giving with impact um, can happen regardless of how much you're giving. It's a mindset. It's not a dollar amount. Um, and it doesn't have to feel daunting. Uh, there are a lot of networks and resources that can help you. So when you wonder about how you might give better or you are unsure where to start, take the initiative and come to Compass and let us help um, kind of launch your journey.
0: Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on board Matt Reed, who is the CEO of the Aga Khan Foundation here in the UK. Tell me a little bit about the um, key takeaway. If our listeners walked away having forgotten everything that we've just spoken about, but kept in mind one key takeaway after the podcast episode, what what would that be? Well, I hope that they would go away and they would say something like, you know, I had
4: never heard about the Aga Khan Foundation (laughs) uh, until I, I heard about this, but... I was really impressed by their long term approach, by the fact that they want to improve the quality of life in all its dimensions, and that they're promoting pluralism, and they want to work and do work with everyone. Mm -hmm. And in today's world, that message seems
0: to me um, as important now as it has ever been. And if uh, a person
4: listening to this podcast comes away, and they was able to say those three things about long term, improving the quality of life and promoting pluralism for everyone. I think I would be
0: just
5: delighted um, if that was the case.
0: And today it's a really great pleasure to welcome onto the show Dave Lawrence. He's the, uh, the chair of the Children's Movement of Florida. He's the former publisher of the Miami Herald. I would qualify him as someone who knows quite a bit about how to drive forward advocacy. If our listeners forgot everything that we've been talking about for the last half hour, but they remembered one key salient point, what is it that you'd like as a takeaway for the listeners to keep in mind after the podcast?
7: Well, I I think I would say this, that within each of us is an ability to make something happen. Uh, Horace Mann, who had a lot to do with the coming of American public education, and public education is still the real world for 90% of all children in the United States, told a graduating class at Antioch College in the spring of 1859, he said, be ashamed to die before you have won some battle for humanity. And there's so much to be done all over the world uh, I happen to focus on early childhood, but there are lots of other ways for for people to focus. What did your life mean? And it won't have much to do with accumulating resources of one sort or another. What difference did you make in, in an individual life? What difference did you make in in larger ways? That that's the joy of life. Combine that with with lifelong learning and. And you have a life where you can feel pretty good about yourself without being smug. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome on board
0: Marcus Walton, who is the CEO of Grantmakers for Effective Organizations, or GEO. It's a 20-year-old organization based in the States. It really helps grantmakers uh, make better decisions, become more effective. Tell me if our listeners forgot everything that we were just talking about, but hopefully they won't. But if they did, what's that key takeaway that you want uh, that you want them to keep in mind after they finish listening to the episode?
8: That we're in a moment uh, in time where the changes we want to see are accessible. And it's a call to action for us to apply those things that we've learned, not just accumulate information and focus on our intellectual uh, stimulation, but really Apply the principles and the tools and the resources that we learn to produce, to mobilize our spheres of influence to participate in change, Mm -hmm. to activate change, to be a part of actively uh, transitioning uh, organizations, entities and social conditions from one state of of, uh, existence to another. Like the time is really now uh, we're global and uh, we're all in this together. We're not going in alone um, and and we're stronger. Our collective genius is so much broader than any of us knows or can imagine when operating in isolation.
0: Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on board Johan Eriksson, who is the CEO, the chief executive officer of Mercer in Sweden. He's a good friend and also an expert in the area of human resources, human capital. And today we're gonna talk about diversity, inclusivity, and we're going to talk about the work that Mercer is doing in this field. So listeners forgot everything that we've been talking about for the last half hour, but walked away remembering one key thing. What's that key takeaway that you would like listeners to keep in mind after they finish listening to this episode?
3: I, I think given that we've, we've talked a lot about the, the, the D&I agenda, I think the key thing would be building a diverse
8: workforce is going to improve your productivity efficiency and your profits
0: and at the same time doing that you're going to have more fun you're going to
3: you know you're going to learn much more you're going to meet fascinating people it's going to increase the the engagements and the engagement scores um on an annual basis from the people because people are going to work with people from um that are very different and you know the, the outcome is going to be much, much, you know, it's going, to be, it's going to be better than that. So I think doing it because it makes sense in so many ways.
0: Today we are at Facebook's offices here in London. Very exciting. So I have Anita Yun, who is running Facebook's Social Impact. Tell me, so if our audience forgot everything that we've been talking about for the last half hour, but yeah. they kept... I hope they don't, but yeah. Well, no, hopefully not. <laughs> please don't. We're to the wise, please don't. Uh, but if they did, what's that key takeaway that uh, you'd love them to keep in mind after the episode?
6: Well, I've been I've been thinking a lot about purpose recently. Okay. Because I often meet people who uh, want want they're looking for purpose,
3: mm-hmm.
6: and they're they want to be um, and purpose can be anything. It doesn't necessarily mean doing good or you know sure. supporting a nonprofit, but often it does. And I think people sometimes may feel a bit like, where do I begin?
3: Mm -hmm.
6: Or that, you know, maybe, you know, there's a set of do-gooders over here and I'm not really one of them and, you know, oh, I wish I could be one of them. And I would just say that now more than ever is a time when we can all do good. I mean, maybe that sounds a bit trite, but I think that there's now more than ever people can, you can actually, everybody has a voice. Sure. Right? Everybody can kind of use their voice and and do good things and so i would just say just jump in small acts of kindness are amazing and and um and not to be you know sometimes we think that doing good is really doing big things and i and i don't think that that's that's necessarily the case Um, and i think now more than ever people can have a voice and and take action and if you see something that's wrong or you see something you want to do it just jump right in jump right in and yeah
0: <laughs> very well and that's a wrap for 2019 i hope you enjoyed the show i hope you enjoyed every episode we have over 40 of them right now and i very much look forward to having you on board for the journey in 2020 and the years to come thanks so very much for your support please subscribe it makes a huge difference for us and if you have any feedback any suggestions or if you want to get involved and support the show please get a hold of us just go to legi.org, That's L-I-D-J-I.org, and find out how to get a hold of us and how to get involved enjoy happy new year to everyone